Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now, last week we were talking about talking to yourself. How yourself or you is the person that you have more communication with than anybody else. Amen? Now, think about that for a minute. You talk to you more than anybody else talks to you. And I'm going to tell you something else. You listen to you more than anybody more than anybody else in the world. You listen to you more than you listen to anybody else. You know, people can think, well, that's not true. But it is. Now, the battles of life many times are won or lost in the conversations that you have with yourself. We talked about that last week. We talked about different things that had to do with your flesh, how your flesh communicates with you, how your soul communicates with you. But listen, tonight we're going to look at some things about your own spirit, man, and how your, your, your spirit is wanting to dominate the conversation. Your spirit, man, is wanting to dominate the conversation. And God has given us some powerful tools to empower us on the inside, our spirit man, to dominate the conversations of our lives with ourselves if we will allow him to do it. Now, it took me several years. It took me some years to figure out exactly how that works and operates. But listen, I don't let my mind or my flesh talk me out of the things of God anymore. I don't let my mind or my flesh talk me out of obedience I found out there's some voices in the Spirit that resonate through your own spirit that if you'll learn to listen to those voices, I guarantee you they're going to help you walk in the victory of God. Now, one thing you're going to have to recognize and realize, the problem with our reception or the receiving side of the gospel is us. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, if you're believing God to be healed, it's not God you're waiting on to heal you. Now, let me say that again. If you're saying, well, Pastor, you know, I'm just, I'm just waiting for my healing to manifest. No, that's not true. What, what's happening is God's waiting on you to believe you receive. Amen. Amen. And, and we're the ones that overcomplicate that more than anything else. When it, I don't know, I just felt impressed to use healing as an example. We could use finances. We could use deliverance. We could use your business, your marriage, whatever you wanted to use. But with healing, especially because it's something that we all could relate to, you know, the, 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 the flesh has such a voice, especially if you're in pain. You, you, you start adding up the voices of the, of the doctors and the prescriptions and, the, and what your body's telling you. And, and, you know, if you get on the Internet and start researching and all that, I mean, you can create a volume of communication from the realm of the flesh that literally can talk you out of that which God's already provided for you in Christ Jesus if you let it. Everybody say, I'm not going to let it. You know, that woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says she's sick for 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, didn't get any better, but rather grew worse. But thank God she heard of Jesus. That means there is a greater voice that speaks. You say, where did that voice speak? It spoke inside of her. It was on the inside. Now, I'm sure that there were those, because you can look over in Mark chapter 3 and see that there were, there were people that were touching Jesus and being healed in his, in his gatherings and in his meetings, and somebody must have gotten that information to her. But one translation actually says this, she kept saying within herself over and over and over, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. It really didn't benefit her to say it to anybody else but herself. Now, let me just say that. Let's just take and amplify that a little bit. It just doesn't do you any good to say it to anybody else other than yourself. You can tell it to me all day long. You can tell it to your wife all day long. You can tell it to your your husband all day. But if you're not saying it to yourself, it ain't going to work. 
Amen. Now listen, let's look at this just for a moment. It says here in verse, verse 17, Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Everybody say, I will understand what the will of the Lord is. And then it says, And be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Now notice this, speaking to, anybody know what it says there? Yourself. Everybody say, speaking to myself. Speaking to yourself in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, this is God through the Apostle Paul by the Holy Ghost giving us insight on how to train our human spirit to become the predominant voice. By doing what? By speaking to yourself in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs. Now, let me, I wrote this down as I was studying this this week. What are the spiritual voices of righteousness on the inside? There is a voice of understanding in your spirit. The Bible says, by faith we understand. Amen? Understanding is that which comes into your spirit, man, that overrides your senses, that tells the intellect part of your mind to shut up. I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to try to figure this thing out. I'm going to believe God by faith. That's what understanding is. And if you allow the voice of understanding in your heart to grow and mature, it'll get loud on the inside of you. And every time your mind demands an explanation, your heart will say, shut up. I believe I receive in Jesus' name, and I'm not trying to figure it out. Amen? Then Then there's a voice of revelation. I'm telling you, any revelation that gets in your spirit, you ought to value that revelation. You ought to speak it to yourself over and over. That's where sometimes, many times, psalms in the Spirit can just come out of your heart as you just begin to, you know, as you rejoice uh, uh, rejoice in God over His Word. Amen? Just like healing or just like prosperity. Take some of those scriptures, begin to say them to yourself, and then get quiet in your spirit. Many times for me, it's just a word that will rise up. Amen? I ain't saying it doesn't have to be some rhyming, rolling, prophetic thing. I, I, I was praying the other day and something just rose up in me. Delivered. Delivered. Delivered by the power of God. Delivered. That's what I am. I'm delivered, delivered, delivered by the power of God. To live for Him. To grow in Him. And to be who He's called me to be. I just went around just saying that all day long to myself. It's not that hard. That's the voice of what? That's the voice of revelation. I know the Bible says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear. So it comes right out of the word. I'm speaking it to myself. I'm edifying myself and I'm doing what? I'm strengthening my spirit against my mind and against my flesh. You have to do that. Then there's the voice of love. How many times have we overrode the voice of love? Where our flesh says... I'm going to kill them. I'm going to strangle them. I'm going to shoot them. Amen. And our mind is trying to figure out what our flesh wants to do and how to do it. And on the inside, way down here, many times it's so quiet we don't even pay attention. It says, you're going to have to walk in love. You don't have a choice. If you want your faith to work, you're going to have to forget the wrong. 
You're going to have to forget what they've done to you. You're going to have to forget what they said about you. You're going to have to. I'm telling you, if you don't learn to listen to the voice of love on the inside of you, and when I say love, I connect it to all the different voices of the fruit of the Spirit, which is your patience, which is your, 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 your all of the different, uh, uh, you know, your perseverance. Uh, uh, what is it when you're able to? Anyway, my mind just went blank. Shouldn't say that, though. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. All the fruits of the Spirit, they have that spiritual voice on the inside of you. And if you will make a decision to allow those voices to resonate in your spirit, then you'll find out that many times when you're going to say something that's going to harm you or hurt you, then you'll stop and say what the Spirit is saying. Amen. Amen. Now, here's another voice. The voice of compassion. The voice of compassion on the inside of you many times need to be vocalized in order to be acted upon. It's amazing when you have compassion on someone. I don't know if you've ever felt or sensed the compassion of God rise up on the inside of you. But let me just say this about compassion. When compassion rises up on the inside of you, it's almost a tangible feeling. And many times it's God leading you to act on your faith to do something for somebody. I've seen it in healing lines as we've prayed for people all over the world where a compassion would rise up on the inside of me and I have to think all of a sudden, the anointing's here, the anointing's here to get somebody delivered, to get somebody set free. It's amazing how Jesus, every time he was moved with compassion, he began to do signs, wonders, and miracles. Many times we miss the miracles that God wants us to be involved in. Now let me say that again. We miss the miracles that God wants us to be involved in, not the miracles that we need in our own life. I like to say it like this. You shouldn't believe God. You shouldn't be believing God for a miracle because you are a miracle. The Bible says that God has given us, His children, for signs and wonders in the earth. We ought to be a miracle looking for a place to happen and a miracle in other people's lives. I've talked many times about the young man that was healed in our service that was mauled by cattle in, a, in, a, in an auction pen and fell down and his bones were all broken and he healed and he was a cripple for five years. I remember when he was coming up that aisle, it was on a, a New Year's Eve service up in Buffalo at Cheryl, uh, Lloyd and Cheryl Lane's, Pastor Lloyd and Cheryl Lane's church. And I remember as he was coming up, the, the, the way their auditorium was is set up, there was kind of like a side aisle like this. And I turned like this and as I watched him come, I remember the compassion. He was so crippled. This leg was pulled up. He was dragging himself on those crutches. And I can remember, I almost started weeping. The compassion of God just rose up in me, and he never got close enough to me to lay hands on him. I just reached my hand out. He was about two steps away, and the power of God hit him and knocked him on the floor, and he got up healed. The voice of the compassion of God. God wants you to hear that voice and know that voice is on the inside of you. Now, go all the way back, if you will. To Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to try not to encroach into my service on Sunday morning. We're studying faith for our lives, faith for my life. Everybody say faith for my life. And we're going to get into the power of our words or the act of faith that includes the power of our words. But I want you to see something tonight. I believe it will help you and bless you. First one, in the beginning God created. Everybody say created. The heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said... Everybody say, the Spirit moved, moved. and God said. said. Now, 
We know down through creation, and God said, and it was good, and, and God said, and it was so, and God said, and God said, and it was good. Then we get to verse 26, and it says, And God said, Let us make man, let us make man, meaning God the Father, God the Son, or God the Word, and God the Holy Ghost, let us make man, how? In our likeness and in our image. Everybody say likeness, likeness. and image. Now, now, let me help you, because we think, you know, that the, the, the angelic realm is so powerful and, and the demonic realm. and say, God did not create the angelic realm in his likeness and image. Now let me say that again. God did not create the angelic realm, which means Satan or Lucifer, who was once a cherub, which is a level of angel, who is now a fallen angel, he does not have what you have. He is not a creator. He cannot create, but he knows he's had 6,000 years to study humanity. He knows how creative these beings are, which are us, that are made in the likeness and image of God, and he knows if he can get into the humanity and get into what? Get into their words. He can do exactly what God created us to do. He can begin to create. That's where hate is created. That's where war is created. That's where sickness and disease is created. That's where addiction is created. That's where depression is created. Listen, we're going to have to have some breakthroughs as a, as a nation, as a people, as just the human race. Amen. Listen to a guy, uh, when was it? Today. And he was talking about the appetite for drugs in this nation. 20% of our nation is addicted to drugs. A hundred people a day die of drug overdoses. See, they don't even move us. That's humanity. That's the human family dying in mass. And listen, they have no answers. They have no answers. It's getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger and bigger. And we've got to have revival. We've got to have a remnant of people willing to do what? To speak out of the love and compassion of God and begin to create a spiritual awakening in our midst so that we can take it to the world that's fallen. If we don't do that, then we're missing what God's called us to do in our generation. We are made in the likeness and the image of God. The problem is humanity has spent its creative ability on the negative side of things, on the demonic side of things, on the satanic side of things. That's why we're in the mess we're in. But God's raising up a people. Everybody say, that's me. Who's going to take and train their hearts, train their spirits, grow up in their communication, and begin to learn to communicate. And where does it begin? It begins with you. It begins with you speaking to yourself. Amen. Because you look, all things being equal, you can come to church, you can put on a happy face, you can smile and shake hands, and you know. But listen, who really lives with you is you. You and you, you wear the same shoes, the same pants, you eat the same food. You see things the same. You hear things the same. And the thing you're going to have to make a decision to do is to begin to not deny yourself, but begin to encourage yourself, begin to inform yourself, begin to literally allow the Spirit of God that is in you, begin to inspire and inform you so that you can be the supernatural human being that God has called you to be. 
Now let me try that again. God has called you to be a supernatural human being in the midst of a bunch of natural human beings. Listen, the early church, they were supernatural men and women. I said, they're supernatural men and women. We've seen generations of supernatural men and women come and go. And the devil, every time it happens, the devil tries to do everything he can do to try to suppress it. You say, why? Because supernatural men and women continually demonstrate the defeat of Satan. He hates that. He hates to get up in the morning with someone's foot on his neck. He hates to live out the day with somebody's foot on his neck. He hates to go to bed at night when somebody with somebody's foot on his neck. But I don't care what the devil does or does not like. I'm going to keep my foot on his neck because he is under my feet. He is defeated. The greater one's in me, and I'm going to communicate that victory to myself. If I don't communicate it to me, how can I ever communicate it to you? And if you can't communicate it to you, how can you ever communicate it to someone else? How can you commu communicate it to your friends? How can you communicate it to your family? How can you communicate it to those that are around you? Because the problem with humanity is they think that everybody is just like them. We're just a little more crazy. We're religious crazy. No, come on, church. You, you got to understand that's the way people think. They just think, well, you know, they, I heard down at Island Church, they, they speak in other tongues. I remember when, when the, the church in Lamarck, Abundant Life, was, was just getting going. And they were saying some crazy stuff. And they were, uh, uh, Pastor Hallam and his family were in uh, Kelly's, had just opened and become a restaurant up here on the highway. And uh, somebody was sitting down or something like that, and he introduced himself to a couple, to a, a couple and a couple of children, and said who he was. I'm I'm Pastor Walter Hallam. I'm Pastor Abundant Light Christian Center. We were meeting in a funeral home at the time, and this person looked up to him and said, "This, oh, I thought you were an old man with a long white beard." <laughs> Amen. And then some of the kids heard at school that, we, that we, uh, we cut off rabbits' heads and chickens' heads and we levitated and floated around the building. <laughs> Did you know that's how people talk about us out there? They think you're crazy. They think those people talking to us, talking to oh my God. No telling what goes on in a place like that. No telling what. And what did they do? They talked to themselves and talked to themselves and talked to themselves and talked themselves out of the glory of God. We talk to people all the time that drive by here just to see how many cars are parked in the parking lot, to see how many people are parked across the street. They're so curious. They're so curious about what's being said. But what we've got to do is take the opposite of that and begin to edify ourselves with the Word of God, speaking to ourselves the spiritual things of the Word of God. You want to be healed? You're going to have to start speaking healing to yourself. You want to be delivered? You're going to have to start speaking deliverance to yourself. You want to prosper? You're going to have to start speaking prosperity to yourself. Amen. You say, well, I'm just going to bind the devil. If you ain't got any faith in what you're saying, it doesn't matter if you bind the devil or not. Amen. So I'm just going to bind the devil. Oh, I'm just going to go out and have hands. Listen, you can have the most powerful manifestation of the healing power of God hit your body right here in this altar. The power of God can hit and knock every symptom out of your body. 
But if you have not taken this word and convinced yourself of the reality of the healing power of God, you won't get halfway down that street right there until the devil will bring back the symptom and say to you, I thought you were healed, and you'll grab a hold of that thought and you'll say it to yourself, well, I thought I was. Brother Osteen said something one time in school. I thought it was amazing. He talked about having to have quadruple bypass after being healed from his heart problem in the early 80s. He said in the early 80s he had been attacked with his heart condition and he laid up at, I think it was St. Luke's Hospital, for three days praying in the Holy Ghost and walked out and they couldn't find any heart problem with him whatsoever. And he said... A few years later, it tried to come back on him. And he said he had a friend who was used mightily in the healing ministry. And when that healing power, he said, he laid hands upon me. He said, I had my hands lifted up. He said, I felt the healing power of God start in my feet. And he said, I had this thought. I thought it was supposed to come from the top down, not from the bottom up. He said when he had that thought, he grabbed that thought and that healing power just went away. And he ended up having quadruple bypass. Well, thank God he did. He lived, amen, and completed his ministry, finished his course. But he said it was amazing. And he said he asked the Lord, why did that happen to me the way it did? And he said the Lord said to him, because you have so developed your spirit that the moment you denied it, it manifested. That power stopped and you lost your healing. See, you become more responsible for spiritual things as you learn more. Let me say that again. You become more responsible for spiritual things as you learn more. And let me give you a principle right here. The negative things of the flesh and the mind will work at lightning speed in your life as you grasp thoughts, entertain them, and as the enemy tries to get you to speak them. You say, what do you mean? You get over here in this fleshly realm, this mind realm, and the enemy starts attacking your mind, attacking your mind, attacking your mind, attacking your mind. You start to entertain those thoughts. Next thing you say, something like, well, I don't think this prosperity thing is working. I don't think this healing thing is working. You say that and you will have a negative manifestation of the attack of your enemy before you can blink your eyes. Amen? But over here on the other side, it takes some labor to continually speak to yourself. Self, I'm healed by the stripes laid upon Jesus' back. Self, I'm not going to let you deny the life and power of God that's on the inside of me. Well, I'm telling you, on the inside, the outside, and every other side I have, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. It quickens my more. And you got to do what? you got to fight for it. you got to maintain it. you got to fight everything. You say, why is it so hard to do it like that? Because this side over here is the one you were born into, but this one here you were born again into. You're used to reaffirming all the negative things of your life. Amen. I mean, I can remember being around people, saying things myself. Well, if anybody going to get the flu, it's going to be me. Well, I tell you, if anybody goes broke, I remember hearing one guy say this. I thought it was funny because it happened to him. He was working for us. He said, well, if anybody gets laid off, it'll be me. They laid him off the next day. 
That's what he did. Everybody gets laid off. It'll be me. They laid him off the next day. I thought to myself, that works great. Amen? Anything like that. You know yourself. You've seen people your whole life that any negative thing they confess, it manifests. I'll tell you, anybody gets it, I'm going to get it. If it happens to anybody, it's going to happen to me. I, I uh, 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 saw a guy one time, he was talking about his vehicle, talking about his car. And he couldn't figure out why his car was in the shop all the time. But when you listen to him talk, he would always talk about what a piece of junk he bought. He was always, he was always just blowing his car away. Yeah, I know, I, I bought it. They, they tricked me with 60 months of payments. And, and you know, I, I, if I have it three years before it just rusts out on the beach. And the thing literally, I remember the bed of the thing was a truck. The bed of the thing literally rusted off. I never saw a bed rust off before. <laughs> and the bed of that truck rusted off. I'm like, man. But he always, uh, I'm telling you, it's just a piece of junk, man. I, I got it in the shop yesterday. I got it running, but, you know, it won't be another couple of days. It'll be back in the shop. A couple of days later, it's back in the shop. <laughs> Let us make man in our likeness and in our image. Now, let me say this. this is, you go study your history. Man did not begin to come out of darkness till his words begin to come out of darkness. Let me say that again. Man did not begin to come out of darkness till his words begin to come out of darkness. Man's words were religious. Man's words were legalistic. Man's words were based on the law. But I'm telling you, when man began to get some light on the Word of God and begin to speak that light and speak that light, and I'm going to tell you something about the devil. He fights confession. He fights speaking the Word of God. He fights that more than anything else. Pastor, friend of ours, pastor and his wife, they're both, they both pastor. She was raised in a pastor's home, certain Pentecostal denomination. He began to get great light on faith. And his denomination called him on the carpet on it. Called him into a meeting. And the bottom bedrock reason for his dismissal from his church was the confession message. You can't teach the confession message. Well, what was amazing was he had a magazine of that Pentecostal denomination in which the one who founded the denomination wrote an article in that periodical, you can have what you say. And everything he taught was in the periodical of their denomination and they kicked him out anyway. You say, why? Because they got legalistic. They got, they, got, they got into error. Listen, I'm telling you, you're going to have to make a decision to begin to speak God's Word, and it's got to begin with you. Speaking your prosperity, speaking your healing, speaking over your marriage, speaking over your children, speaking over where you live, speaking over what you do, speaking over your job, speaking over your business, speaking over everything that concerns your life, and it begins with you finding Scripture in the Word and beginning to what? Speak to yourself in those psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. Those psalms are what? They are built for the edification of the individual. Listen, David under a lesser covenant spoke such spiritual psalms God decided to put them in what we call the Bible. 
Well, one of those one of those people that were talking about the heaven experience. It was still the little boy. He talked about a that uh, they have meetings all over heaven. People are preaching, and they said that they went to a meeting, and uh, uh, Dwight L. Moody preached. And uh, Charles Spurgeon preached, and then this kind of this curtain opened, and there's this big mass choir with all these choir people, these beautiful robes, angels and saints, and guess who was leading the choir? David was leading the choir. Well, you can have a meeting like that, amen? But they're already on the other side. I guarantee you, over in heaven, there ain't anybody saying, you know, the lights are too bright around here. (laughs) There's nobody saying that. There's nobody saying, what did I get to preach? (laughs) Amen. Why do I have to go to worship school? There's no negative speaking. There's no prejudice speaking. There's no hate speaking. There's only righteousness speaking, understanding speaking, love speaking, compassion speaking. And when you begin to realize that and understand that, then you begin to realize, I better start that now. Because if Jesus said we should pray that the will in heaven be done on earth, then I better get busy speaking like they speak in heaven. I've always said this. There's two languages you have to learn. You have to learn the language of redemption so that you can speak the language of faith. Now let me say that again. You have to learn the language of redemption so you can speak the language of faith. Now let me close with this. This is amazing. In the wisdom of God, God did something for us as believers. And if anything is fought more than confession or speaking the word, it's speaking spiritual words, edifying yourself by praying in the Holy Ghost. The number one thing that praying in the Holy Ghost will do for you is help you locate in your spirit or heart that area in which God speaks into your life through. I can tell when thoughts come from out here. You can too, can't you? You can tell when they're out here and they're trying to get in here. You can tell when they're getting closer and closer to your ears. You can tell when they get into your mind and start running around like a wild animal. Come on, church. Well, why does that happen that way? Because of your exposure to it. You say, what do you mean by that? The more you entertain those thoughts, the more the enemy enemy sees that you're a mark. You know what that means, what a mark is? That means, you know, you go over there and mess with that guy, you'll get him every time. Amen? Like years ago, I heard Brother Osteen say this in one of our Bible school classes, and I kind of adopted it for myself. He said, every Monday morning, here come the demons down his street. He said, they're looking around for someone to mess with. He said, they look around, they say, what about that house over there? They said, yeah, you know, we talked to them last week about prosperity, and they hadn't been able to pay their bills for two weeks. He said, well, what about that one down there? They said, yeah. He said, we talked to them about catching the flu. Now all of them are sick with the flu. He said, now what about that one over there? They said, no, now that's the Osteen house. And one old beat-up demon said, yeah, I went down there and tried to convince them they were broke. They beat the tar out of me. I ain't going back there. And then another demon of sickness came around and said, yeah, I went and tried to tell them they were all going to get the flu. Not only did they beat the tar out of me, they went to church and got 25 people healed of it. What do the devils say when they come down your block? What do they say when they come to your house knocking on the door? Are you an easy mark? Can they take one thought, throw it into your mind, and there you go. Well, it's amazing how many people are vulnerable to that. 
You've got to make a decision. I'm going to take this word. I'm going to get it into my heart. I'm going to begin to speak spiritual things to myself. And I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to edify myself and let myself be built up and built up and built up and built up till the volume of spiritual things so outweighs the natural that I'm always giving attention to God. My son or daughter, attend to my word. Incline thine ears unto my saying, for they are life for those that find it and health to all their flesh. Amen. I heard that thing about worship school. So I've been walking and praying in the Holy Ghost and worshiping God with my mind. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And my mind's going, oh, I worship you, Lord. I glorify you. And then it'll try to drift off. Drift off. I say, no, 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 no. You're not going to think about that. I worship you, Father. No, I thank you, God. You're glorious. You're magnificent. Because I can't do it in tongues in my mind, so I've got to do it in English. But I can do it in tongues with my mouth, and it strengthens my mind to be able to stay focused on what I'm thinking. I've been just doing that for a few days, and it's working. I remember, oh, it was about a year, year and a half ago, I had all these confessions, made confessions over health, redemptive confessions, prosperity, and, and the Lord spoke and quickened my spirit. He said, what about the Word? I said, what do you mean, what about the Word? He says, why don't you have a confession about the Word? And I thought to myself, well, that's a good idea. Well, God always has good ideas. I've never, he's never had a bad one as far as I'm concerned. Amen? So I just started, I built a confession on the Word. You say, what do you mean by that? I say, thank you, Heavenly Father, for your Word. That the entrance of your Word brings light and life to me. That forever, O oh Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. Thank you, Father, that I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I lean not into my own understanding. In all my ways I acknowledge you. You direct my path. I attend to your Word. I incline my ears into it, same. I let it not depart from my eyes. I keep it in the midst of my heart. For it's life for I have found it, and health to all my flesh. Thank you, Lord God. I guard my heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Thank you, Father, that your word is quick, alive, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, divides asunder my spirit, my soul, my body, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Thank you, Lord. Just like in the book of Acts, so mightily grows your word and prevails. Your word is growing in me. Your word is prevailing in me. Your word is mighty in me. I mean, I say it all the time now. There's about another half dozen that I speak. You say, why do you do that? It builds me up. It helps, listen, it literally helps insulate me. How many know what insulation is? Insulation helps keep what's on the inside on the inside. Let me try that again. Insulation is that which keeps on the inside, keeps it on the inside. If you got a good winter coat that's insulated and you walk out of your house after you've had a nice hot cup of hot chocolate or coffee or whatever you drink and you wrap up in that coat, then what does that coat do? That coat keeps the warmth that's in you in you. Amen. A thermos. You pour hot coffee into a thermos and you put the top on, then it ought to stay hot. It's a good thermos. Amen. You put coat in it, it'll keep it cold. You've got to insulate your life. You strip all the insulation off, what happens? You short out. Just like in the natural. You're going to short out is what's going to happen. But what God has given you, He's given you His Word and His Spirit. His Word and His Spirit. Then He gave you something that's powerful. The most powerful. Listen, it's not a joke what we tell these people up here. You say, what do you mean? When they come to the altar and I explain to them, we're going to use the most valuable thing, the most powerful thing you possess. Everybody kind of looks at me kind of crazy. And I tell them, it's your words. 
It's your words. You're made in the likeness and image of God. Your words are powerful. The Bible says by your words you're justified. By your words you're condemned. You've got to make a decision to value your words. Don't just spew them out. See, that's the world. They just spew words out there and just let them fall. They don't care. They don't value them. And most of them don't back up their word. Now, should I say that, Lord? Well, my time's up. I might as well say it anyway because I can run out of here and y'all can chase me if you want to. The reason a lot of people have such issues with the Word is because of their own Word. If you can't trust yourself or your own Word that you give to yourself, you will never trust this Word right here. You'll never do it. And if you continually violate yourself and violate your own word, don't allow yourself to remain insulated by the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the compassion of God, building into your life a security system of righteousness. Then when God says, by His stripes you're healed, you'll think, maybe so, maybe not. When He says, I supply all of your need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, some people will say it like this, thinking it's kind of spiritual, but it's not. Well, I sure hope so. That's just doubt and unbelief. I was talking to somebody the other day about somebody that led to the Lord. And they had gotten a really bad diagnosis of a disease. They were older, old, older gentlemen. And I, and I said to them, I said, well, if this thing was to, to, to run the course of what they're saying it could do, I said, uh, what am I going to tell, tell your family? I knew I would preach his funeral if he were to pass away. So what am I going to tell your family? Am I going to be able to tell them, you're in heaven. Are you going to go to heaven? I mean, just put it right in his face. That's what he said. I sure hope so. I said, that's not good enough. And from that point there, I was able to lead him to the Lord and stand in front of the family and said, I'm going to tell you where your loved one is. I don't believe he's there. I know he's there. Because he did what? He had to strip off some of the insulation of the flesh, some of the insulation of pride, some of the insulation of religion, and just step up and receive from God. And that's what we have to do. Let your words... Let your words. How can we edify others if we're not edifying ourselves? How can we convince our others if we've not convinced ourselves? The greatest voice speaking into your life is your own voice. Allow it to be saturated with the spiritual things of righteousness, understanding, love, the compassion of God, and you will insulate yourself from these other words that try to encroach themselves into your life and steal the joy of God out of your life. Because that's what they're designed to do. All of those negative thoughts, those words, you're not going to make it, this stuff doesn't work, forget all of that, it's not going to work. It constantly bombards the mind of anyone who will let it. But if you won't let it, you say, how do I do that? You've got authority. David, when talking about the authority of Psalms 91, said it like this. I will say of the Lord. Who's going to say of the Lord? You're going to have to say of the Lord. You're going to, some of you need to go out of here tonight, just as you drive home. You just, out loud, to yourself. You're not thinking like that anymore. You're not entertaining those thoughts anymore. You're not entertaining those thoughts of doubt, unbelief. You're not entertaining those thoughts of depression. My God, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And if you'll do that, if you'll resist on one side and assist on the other, then what the Word says will become the reality of your life. But as long as you insist your adversary, 
he will tear you apart. He'll beat you up and he'll give you every reason in the world to think thoughts that it's because of God or something that God is trying to do in your life. It's not true at all. It's the thief that comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But thank God Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it in abundance. Amen? Amen. Everybody say this. Heavenly Father, I will speak to myself spiritual things, things of understanding, things of revelation, things of love, things of compassion, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in my heart all the things that are of the goodness of God. I will saturate my soul. I will saturate my mind. I will saturate and force my flesh to worship God, to glorify Him, and to think the thoughts of God. Thank you, Father. I'm redeemed. My mind is renewed. And my body is an instrument of praise and worship. Now jump to your feet and worship God real quick. Come on, go ahead. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, thank God for it. Thank God for it. Oh, we, we worship you, Lord. Oh, Rabba Sofra Kestele Bekelehe. Ebra da Sorebeke Sobre Diabre Bekele Sotelebata. Now let me say this. Some of the most bound, oppressed, bless their hearts, depressed people that I ever ministered to when I was in field ministry was pastor's wives who had been talked about, chewed up, spit out so many times that they didn't have anything left. See, I don't let that happen to Lee. I, I guard and protect her. You talk about her, I'll beat the tar out of you. Just so you'll know. But these poor ladies, my heart, every time I would get in front of one, that compassion of God, and many of them, we saw many of them delivered and turned into mighty women of God, that you didn't mess with them no more. But the reason words are so hurting when they're spoken on a spiritual level like that, and you can say them about your neighbor, you can say them about the pastor, the pastor's wife, the usher, a field minister, you can say them about anybody. Your adversary, the devil, will make sure anything negative spoken about you gets back to you. And it comes through what I call it the amplification system of the demonic. Amen. Now let me just say this. We ought to have the liberty to make mistakes in front of each other without taking those mistakes and beating the tar out of each other. Amen. Some of you in here, you've had some things said about you. They've hurt you deeply. And you hadn't been able to get past it. It's just hurt you in your heart. and It's just, you know, what, he, what it does many times, it, it shifts you into a neutral gear spiritually. It does. It's painful. But you know, all those years when we traveled and ministering to ladies like that, and there's always very tender people that have tender hearts and want to help and, want, you know, are... are, are are uh, uh, very compassionate. They're just, the enemy knows that those type of things so violate them. And the same is true. There's people in here right now that that's happened to you. That the enemy has made sure things said about you have gotten back to you and have really hurt your heart, hurt your spirit on the inside, wounded your soul. 
But the good news is you can be free from that. Amen? Now, I'm not going to call you down. I'm not going to do anything else. I want everybody to raise your hands up. Everybody, everybody. Let's just everybody raise. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray right now over anybody that would identify with words spoken against them, about them, criticisms, any type of negative information that has gotten back that the enemy has used for ammunition to tear their soul up, to wound their hearts, and to make them less of what you say they really are. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I release every person in here from the bondage of that in Jesus' name. I thank you for a compassionate heart. I thank you for a forgiving heart. I thank you for a heart of love. And I thank you for every person that has experienced the trauma of that being delivered now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we release the joy of the Lord to come back into their heart. We release the expectancy and faith of God to rise up on the inside of them. And we thank you, Father, that tonight they'll be inoculated and insulated against that ever happening again as they begin to worship you, speaking to themselves the great things of God, what God says about them and not what anybody else says about them. Because that's only what matters is what you say about us. Oh, you call us your children, Lord. You call us new creatures. You call us the righteousness of God. You call us overcomers. You say that we're the apple of your eye. You say that you've tattooed us in the palm of your hand. You shed the blood of your own son that we might be redeemed. We're so valuable to you. We mean so much to you. Thank you, Father, that words will never hurt or harm again because your words have such power and such healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now just worship God for a moment. Father, we worship you. If that was you I was talking about, just worship God. Let that roll off of you. Let that come out of you. Just let it come out. Be cleansed of it in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, as we leave tonight, as David said, we will say of the Lord, Thank you, Father. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. In all of our travels, the airways, highways, seaways, railways, everywhere the way of travel or transportation, thank you, Heavenly Father. We are protected and blessed. As we handle the righteous labor, the resource you've given each and every one of us, thank you, Heavenly Father, that we're blessed of the Lord, not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. Thank you, Father, that we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you, Lord God, for your blessing upon our life as the door of utterance for each and every one of us. Every day opens wider and wider. Let us be a blessing to people, a problem to the adversary, ministering, practicing the ministry of reconciliation, restoration, exhortation to people, lifting them up, not tearing them down, blessing, not cursing in Jesus' name. Father, thank you as we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. Lord, we walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.